Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truths and personal journeys. Get ready to strap yourself into your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Today, as we go all in for a thought-provoking interview with the one and only Preston Smiles. Former bad boy turned inspirational messenger, Preston has helped thousands of people become the best versions of themselves with his enormously popular videos and speaking engagements all over the world. He's a large dedicated following on his YouTube channel and has been featured on the likes of LA Weekly, Los Angeles Magazine, Origin Magazine, to name a few. He's a regular contributor to Huffington Post, The Daily Love, Good Guy Swag, and has appeared on some of the world's top podcasts such as The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, and many more. He won Elixir Magazine's Millennium Mentor Award and is also one of the youngest members of the Association of Transformational Leaders, founded by Jack Canfield. Now I want to say why I'm so excited about this episode. It's because Preston is somebody who explains that what we should all be working towards in being successful is by our own terms, not what's been labeled as success by history or society. And those that know me know Imperfectly Perfect, that's what we're all about. Removing those masks, being our imperfect self, and leading on our own terms. Now, if that means making a massive impact on the world or doing what you absolutely love every single day that will make you become successful, then you should be the one that believes this. Preston is someone who's truly passionate about spreading love everywhere he possibly can. But whilst his career has soared, his popularity and his global efforts have soared, his transformational leadership in impacting thousands upon thousands around the world, I want to know today where it all began. We know he's a self-proclaimed bad boy turned inspirational thought leader, game changer, the rest. But how did that transition happen? Because I already know in getting to listen to a lot of his work, he was originally told that no one would ever invest in his dream. And I can only imagine it left him feeling extremely deflated. So many of us have been there. We know that feeling. So we're going to go deep today, guys. A thought-provoking episode with the one and only Preston Smiles. First and foremost, welcome to the show. Oh, oh. Rah! Shots fired, Glenn. What is up, my man? Beautiful souls, everybody listening. I'm so pumped and excited to be having this beautiful chat today. Well, first and foremost, you're coming over to uh, the amazing Australia. Let's before we get delve deep into your story, tell us what to expect. Well, let me just say this: Australia is my second home. Um, if there's a such thing as past lives, I for sure lived there in a past life. Um, there's something about the way that Australians operate. There's something about the way that I operate that just clicks and works. Um, whenever I'm there, I feel like I'm home and I hate how some of the government has operated. Um, but I love the people and I love the land. And so we're coming back with our, uh, workshop called the bridge experience, which is one of the most transform transformative heart surgeries on the planet. This is 
um, like escape room meets Spartan race meets landmark meets church meets everything all in once. It's like if Tony Robbins um, was intimate, right? Like if, if you got to do some deep trauma and healing work in an intimate way where you couldn't hide, right? This is not rah-rah. This is not a seminar. This is a workshop where nobody hides, nobody, zero, right? So if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. But it is one of the deepest and most transformative things that is being done truly on the planet in the, in that space. And I invite all of you to come. It's it's bridgeexperience.com. Um, and I have a code for anybody listening and that is I am family. If you put that in, that makes it super, super cheap. It's already low, um, under a thousand. Um, but we're we're taking care of you guys. It's a two-day workshop. And guys, we will put those links up so you can grab them across all our socials. But one of the things I want to touch on there, because you, as I spoke in your bio, you was literally a bad boy turned good and you wasn't always this person with a global platform. Mm-hmm. Everything you've got going on, your career keeps on soaring. So can you take us back and take our audience back to that that person that you once were and how you made that transition? Because I know a lot of our listeners, when they're struggling with their mental health, they could be in similar circumstances as to what you went through. Yes. Um, oh, man, there's so many layers and levels to it. Um, I'll start by saying that I grew up in... Um, in a scenario where uh, they had, you know, standardized tests and standardized everything. And what my parents didn't know and what the school system didn't know was that uh, I didn't have a standardized brain. Um, I was dyslexic and I just had a different learning style. And because there was this one size fits all sort of mentality, when they uh, realized that I wasn't keeping up with the rest of the kids, they put me in special education. And um, starting at eight years old all the way to 17, I graduated high school with mentally ill children Um, and no knock to them, you know, people who have Asperger's and things like that, like they have superpowers for sure. But I definitely don't have Asperger's. I'm definitely not bipolar and I'm definitely not all of those things. And yet I was in classes with them. And uh, if you can imagine uh, an eight-year-old, what he must be thinking about himself, right? The stories I made up about myself, that I was dumb, that I was less than, that I, that I didn't belong and I didn't fit in. And what's beautiful about what I'm sharing with you is out of this deep trauma and shame, out of this crazy pain that I was experiencing was birthed this, this beautiful strategy and this beautiful insight. Um, a lot of people really like love me because I am always fighting for the underdog. And a part of that is because that's what I've been most of my life. Yeah, I'm, you know, super rich now, but, you know, I've spent more of my life not that than than wealthy. And so for me, by the time I was 11 years old, I started smoking weed. I joined a gang. Uh, I used to spray paint on walls and fight and, and all kinds of just boy stupid stuff. But more than that, it was just a deep pain. Um and when I was 15 years old, uh, a buddy of mine, and, and this is an important story because some of you are, are getting this right now as it pertains to vaccines and different things, but a buddy of mine um, 
called me one night. I was 15. He was 16. Uh, and he said, we're, you know, we're going out and drinking. And the night before I had been with them and the night before I had been with them and the night before I had been with them. And so this was just what we did. And for some reason, intuitively, something told me not to go. And I didn't even know how to spell intuition at 15, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to. And so I said no. And that night, uh, all of my friends were shot. And my best friend was shot in the head and in the face, and he died immediately. And it was within an hour of me saying no. They were all shot. And for me, this was one of those moments. And I know, Glenn, you've had something like this recently where I felt like I was being saved. Like, like, like the hand of the divine was saying, nope, not you, not you. I got plans for you later on in this life. And that was one of many times and it continues to happen. I know that I'm being used. There are four levels of consciousness to me which is victim consciousness, by me, which is creator consciousness, through me, as me. I wake up every day and I say, Spirit, God, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Allah, Source, use me. Let me be a beacon, a vessel, a light for your love. And I allow myself to get out of my own way. I move out of the way of the personality and I say, what is here? that wants to be breathed into? What is here that wants to be given to the world? What is here that I can put into action and into service? And ironically, because we live in a universe that is constantly moving, shifting, and changing, me participating in that flow, if you may, me being receptive to the abundance that is, causes more of that to come back to me. Yes, I'm good at business and marketing, all that stuff. But you know what I'm better at? Love. You know what I'm better at? Deciding that I'm going to support somebody every day. And, and um, I say this to my students all the time. The fruit doesn't belong to the tree. It belongs to the ecosystem. And so when you understand that you are the tree and that the fruit the talents, the gifts, the hits, the podcast, whatever it is that's trying to come through you, that that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the people. It belongs to the ecosystem. Then you no longer hold and hoard and get ready to get ready and sit inside of the idea of perfection. You are imperfectly perfect. You know, that's the game. Love that. So the passion just, just emanates off you. And, and one thing there that you said so clearly is just the passion and zest you have. And I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but it's something that I've often said about myself. And I've often heard the more that faith, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, has come upon me, is that you even said it there. You was almost unassuming. You wasn't the most qualified to be what you are today. Correct. Like myself, people have often said, how is a guy with no experience in marketing, publicity, all of that managed to take something global so quick and bring the world's biggest names like yourself together? Nobody knew him. That's that's divine right there. Doors have opened. And I keep trying to explain this to people. But what would you say to anyone that's listening who thinks I need to have all my shit together? I, I can't possibly do what Glenn's done or what Preston's done and, and where he are going we wasn't qualified at the beginning. We was unassuming. 
So let me just start with this. And I didn't make this up, but um, there's an old adage that says that um, God doesn't call the qualified. It qualifies the called, right? So the first step is for you to say yes to that which is handwritten on your soul. Most people start with how, but how is a terrible question. The question to ask is what and why? The moment we're knee deep in the what and the why, the how will reveal itself on a need to know basis. And to answer your question even more particularly, you will never have your shit fully together, right? We're constantly unfolding. There is no one you will ever meet that is technically perfect. They're perfect because we are, we are all children of the most high, but not perfect, right? Right before I got on this podcast, I told you I was arguing with my wife. It's Valentine's Day and we're texting back and forth, right? I, I do my best to live this work, but I'm not, I don't always get it right. I, my heart isn't always open. I'm not always living from abundance. I just spend more time in abundance than I do in scarcity, right? And whatever you practice more of, you get more of. With that being said, in a, in a world that we see at the moment where everyone's wanting fast success and we see online gurus and online this, that, and the other, the modalities that you work in, you're qualified these days in so much. When people talk about this manifestation and spirituality, the reason why I want to delve into this is because what I have found is it's actually one of the hardest things I have ever gone through mm -hmm. when it comes to releasing triggers and holding patterns within my body and not letting myself as a guy release a lot of those. So mm -hmm. I suppose when you were speaking that you you went in a gang in your younger days and that you were holding mm -hmm. trauma from a lot of your past, would you say when people these days are making spirituality to be just enlightenment, enlightenment and fluff <laughs> and you're like, holy heck, God, I think I've got the raw end of the deal here because I'm <laughs> finding it one of the hardest things ever. How did you go and what's your response to that? Yes, it's so awesome, man. Um, well, those people, here's what I'll say. You know, everybody gets their ass kicked at some point. There's no getting out of it. So even if you want to do the light and love and butterflies and, and you know, sit in Bali and meditate and do Tantra for 16 years, you're still going to get your ass kicked. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Cancer hits everybody, family, um, sadness, breakups, breakdowns. There's accidents. Things occur on this planet. So we can, you know, try to spiritual bypass anything. But at some point, that ass kicking is coming. And those who are willing to risk it all position themselves to gain it all. And so <clears throat> it may appear that ignorance is bliss. However, I can look at uh, the times where I wasn't as available to some of the shadows that were in my space. And yeah, life was awesome to the degree that I understood it. But if I compare that life to this life, I'm, I'm in a whole nother stratosphere, right? That's the difference between like, you know, elementary school and PhD, right? So at every level, we level up to the level of our consciousness. Everything we're experiencing is a reflection of the activity of our consciousness. And so if you are gifted 
with looking at and being with some of your shadows sooner rather than later, congratulations. If you are gifted with um, prolonging <laughs> that process, congratulations. It's still coming for you, right? This whole <laughs> thing is cyclical. It's not linear. And that's one of the things that um, is hard for people to understand in the self-development space is this idea that it's linear, that once I graduate from NLP and I've done inner child work and I've done X, Y, and Z that I'm done. No, you're not done. You're, you're just getting started. And yeah, you may go through a season where it feels like summer, but for sure, fall and winter are coming. And then after that, spring. And then after that, summer again. And your summer may be long as fuck, but guess what? Fall and winter are still coming every single time. We are just like nature. We are nature. It's easy, easy the way they say that because I, I've just started sharing my story. Something led me to share my story. And it's the amount of times that I say that spirituality or faith came upon me. God, I have noticed he was there all along. I never knew that. The serendipitous moments, I don't believe in coincidences and everything has just gone from door to door to door to the point that it just blows my mind. One of the things that really stuck out for me with you is I've watched your stuff for a long time. So to get you on the show is absolutely amazing. But one of the things that really got me was your open letter to men, the masculinity, and we don't mm. talk enough. Can mm. you just speak into that? Because we do have a wide variety of audiences, but a lot of guys who do reach out to the campaign and just say, I still find it hard to speak because of mm -hmm. this man up. Don't be a pussy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start by um, giving everybody a framework to sort of view what I'm about to share with from. So there are four aspects of what it means to be human. According to me, we are number one, we are biological beings. Right? We are physical meat suits with, you know, biofeedback and all that kind of stuff. Number two, we are linguistic beings. We build worlds with our language without the language of door and doorknob. It would be very challenging getting out of a room, right? All of these things are done in language. Language opens, language closes, but we do it all in language. Number three, we are social and historical beings. Dash born into beliefs and interpretations. We are social and historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. Number four, we are quantum beings, right? That's the spiritual side of us. I'm going back to number three. <coughs> Give me one second. I just choked on. Woo, let's go. <laughs> Someone didn't want you speaking there, mate. Speaking exactly. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to number three. So, we are social and historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. So depending on where you grew up, depending on who your parents were, depending on what TV you watched, depending on what movies you watched, depending on what church you went to, depending on all of those things, your psyche, your nervous system, your understanding of the world was formed not by your choice. We are social and historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. So you were born inside of a person, right? You were in your mom's womb, came out right into other people. And in order to survive, you needed to get those people's approval unconsciously. 
And so by the time you were eight, nine, 15, 12, all of those, by the time that occurred, more than likely you were placed in scenarios where you wanted mommy and daddy's approval. If you were a good boy and, and, and you listened to mommy and listened to daddy, you got time, toys, love, attention. If you were a bad boy and you didn't listen to mommy or didn't listen to school or didn't do church right, we took away your time, love, and attention. So just like Pavlov's dogs, where you ring the bell and the dog salivates, if for the first 12 years of your life, you're taught that the one thing you need the most, which is love, is taken away if you don't do it right. And inside of right, you hear, be a big boy, man up, don't be a little pussy, don't be a faggot, it's going to be okay. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. And then you take that same little boy and you put him in uh, on a football team with other little boys who were also abused in that way, unconsciously. I'm not saying the parents consciously did, because when we know better, we do better. But you put that little boy in scenarios with other little boys. And then you put that boy in front of a TV where all the men, all the heroes are doing the same exact thing. They always have the right answer. They never fail. They always get the girl. They're always the hero. Now you are, you are putting this child into a soup, a toxic soup. And then you take that same little boy and you make him 21 and 25 and 35. And you say, now go date a little girl who got an entire different programming. And you two work it out, right? And when things get tough and hard, do what you've always done, which is stuff it down because nobody wants to see you cry. Well, as you can imagine, the um, unintended consequences of that would be a higher suicide rate. It would be a lot of shame and pain and suffering. Um, so my open letter to men, sorry, my open letter to men is a reminder that one of the strongest things you could do is go against your programming, right? Is to take your power back and actually allow yourself to be held and supported and seen, right? We have no issues doing that and playing team when it comes to sports, but can you do it when it comes to the greatest sport there is, which is life, right? I have friends that I was talking to this morning, they have private jets. They're in um, these investment clubs where they just help each other out. And so as I get to be in these spaces with these ultra rich people, I'm recognizing that that's exactly how it works. The, 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 the rich get richer because they help each other. They understand that they don't need to do it by themselves. So what if we take that same concept and just made it for men, made it for personal development, made it for anything, right? The whole world would shift. And we cannot ask our kids to do what we aren't willing to do. So for me, when I'm going through it, when I'm having a hard time, I don't hold it. I take it to my men. Today at 4.30, I have a friend coming over who I'm going to hold space for him and his wife. And he's going to do the same for me. Because I practice what I preach. I cannot lead people where I am not willing to go myself. And that, my friends, is the name of the game. You really want to level up? Elevation requires separation. You have to separate from how you've been doing it. If you want what your dad had and his dad and his dad, cool. Keep doing the same thing. 
But if you want something more for yourself, if you want to truly feel alive, if you want to explode with joy and passion and fire and not have to be scripted in a fucking robot, then the name of the game is to let other people help you, right? If you're watching this or you're listening to this, this is not a script. This is who I am. Camera on, camera off. This is who I am. And so... Now it's taken work, right? It's reps. Repetition is the mother of skill. It's taken work for me to separate from the small thinking, for me to separate from the idea that I'm somehow weak if I don't have it figured out. That's taken reps. But just like you get those biceps, just like you get those, the, the, especially in Australia, you guys have the big thighs because you, you play footy and AFL and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm British, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you are. True, true. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the same type of discipline. We get to become a disciple of, of our hearts. Who, I, I feel let's say this, it just keeps coming through to me. It's weird how things happen with me these days, but who believed in you? I know mm. along your journey, God normally sends those people in moments of encouragement and times that we feel like giving in. And I can only attest when you've gone through what you've gone through. There's been times when you've been like, you know what, this is too hard. Like, yep. who believed in you? Oh, man. There's so many people. It's so beautiful. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Michael Beckwith is or yep. Uh, yep. Marianne Williamson um, or even Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, yep. Uh, there's a guy named Bruce Cryer. There's all these people who along the way, when I was, you know, I can think back to 2012, 2012, um, I created something called the Love Mob. And it was organized acts of love, right? Just like organized crime, organized acts of love. And, you know, I used to lead these love mobs. It'd be a thousand of us walking through a mall singing, all you need is love and just helping people, right? And I was just an organizer. I wasn't a speaker. I didn't do workshops. I didn't do any of that kind of stuff that I do now. I was just a person who organized people who cared about love. And Michael Beckwith was one of the first people to speak and say, hey, listen, you have something. You have something. This isn't just about you behind the scenes. You get to step forward, right? Because it wasn't my intention to, to be out in front. It was my intention to do something that felt really good that I believed in. And so he would be one. My wife, um, she built my first website. She taught me so much, man. Like uh, as mad as her, I have been at her <laughs> the last couple of days, she is so freaking awesome and has uh, really been the wind beneath my wings and truly, truly, truly the one person, um, two people who really had my back all the way is my mom and my sister. Um, both of them, um, no matter what, um, I'm going to speak to a very sensitive subject right now. Uh, I can remember being 18, first year of college, and I got uh, a girl pregnant. Um, and I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. I called my sister and she said, I got you. I, I got you. Whatever she wants to do, I got you. Whatever you want to do, I got you. The girl decided to, to have an abortion without even telling me. Um, but my sister, just, just that level of support, it doesn't matter what's going on. It, they will always be there and they always have. Um, so it's been really cool to know that that, and, and really honestly, Beyond that, I believe it's God. I believe it's my ancestors. Uh, I I do three mushroom ceremonies a year. And every time 
I go into the, that sacred medicine, it's like all my spirit guides and whatever you want to call it, higher self, whatever it is, they come out fast. And they're like, hey, you're on the right path. We got you. You're doing the right thing. Yes, 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 yes. It's all confirmation. And so for me, you know, um, there's what we can see and there's what we can't see. But sometimes what we can't see, we can feel, right? And I feel like there's an army behind me picking me up every time I fall. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's these moments that I just wish people could allow themselves to construct and, and, and normalize because we've been conditioned by society, even when it comes to the vaccines and everything, not to think for ourselves and all of this. And, and when you spoke about those moments that come, even to the point I was going through something the other week and I was like, all right, God, this is getting really hard now. I've walked all this journey. You tell me to jump. I ask how high you've got to show me a sign. I'm on the right path. Don't send me a little feather. And I, I normally get the feathers. I said, send me this big, crazy ass white feather that I can't dispute. Anyway, yes. I drove into the city, found one parking, went to my daughter's side to get out of the car the biggest white feather on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, looked up and there was a car in front of me with the number plate saying God. Mm-hmm. So I take pictures and show all my people of faith and spirit. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> there we go. It's, it's, oh, it blows my mind. But a lot of people just because of this construct and that we're, we're so developed mm-hmm. into, yep. this is not possible. Mm-hmm. Listen, Glenn, this is beautiful, right? And I'm going to bring up something that may be challenging for you or anybody even listening. All of us have a different idea about who God is, right? For some people, when they say God, they mean Jesus, right? For some people, when they say God, they mean Krishna, right? For some people, they mean Buddha. For some people, they mean divine intelligence, whatever that is. For me, I think it's all the same God. I think I don't care what name I put on it. It's all the same God. It's all the same energy. And I believe that that entity doesn't have preferences. I don't think that for me, the God I serve has a mood. Like, oh, I'm mad today. So... No blessings over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I think that the God I serve just says yes, right? Whatever, whatever, however you want to reflect and reveal God's love is how you'll do it. And there's no mistakes, no coincidences, no none of it. Just divine isness occurring. And here's where it's going to get tricky. The same power that says yes to you and said yes to Mother Teresa and said yes to any beautiful thing we can name is the same power that said yes to Hitler. It doesn't differentiate. Now, I know for some people, their thought process is there is a devil and there is a God, right? And I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. I'm just sharing for me that how I view this whole thing is there's, there's only one. Just like when people say life and death, the word life cannot have death in it. There's no such thing as the opposite of life. Life is, right? What, does a, what is a forest made of? Dead leaves. 
But are they dead if the leaf falls off the tree and then becomes the forest floor, which feeds the worms, which feeds the birds, which feeds everything? Is it really dead if it just transmutes and goes into something? Is it dead? To me, no. So when my father left his body in 2019, did he die or did he leave his body? Because I hear and feel him often. There's so much to unpack in what I just said, but I just want to put all that in this space. (laughs) It's beautiful. And and one thing I will round up with is this whole narrative around removing masks and filters this day, societal expectations. What does being Mm -hmm. imperfectly perfect mean to you, Preston? Mm. Oh, man. It's what I just did, right? It's what we're doing here. It's saying yes to that which is present for you and doing it in such a way that builds bridges uh, instead of walls. It's um, declaring and deciding who you're going to be in any given moment. It's reflecting and revealing God's love in in only the way you can. And sometimes that's going to be messy. Sometimes it's going to be ugly. Sometimes it's going to be heavy. But whatever it is, it's creative. It's an opportunity. If I said no to this podcast, it creates an opportunity for someone else. If I'd said yes to this podcast, it creates an opportunity for other people to learn and grow and and get under our tree, if you may. And feed from some of the apples and the fruit that falls. Both answers are creative. No mistakes. So being perfectly imperfect is is being aligned with wherever you're aligned. A lot of people make choices and then they say, oh, I should have and I could have and I would have and I didn't do it right and I didn't do it big enough and I didn't have enough money and my dick wasn't big enough and my titties weren't this and my followers weren't this and I didn't get enough downloads and I didn't... ah." That's the personality coming in, trying to control things, right? We water down that which was conceived from our consciousness, right? So being perfectly imperfect is allowing yourself to, to conceive and then um, perceive and then receive at the level that you conceived, Mm. Mm. Got to write that one down, mate. Got to write that one down. <laughs> I love that. I've loved this conversation. As I've been saying, it's um, it's something that is always divinely guided and happens at the right time. So I just want to thank you for your time, Preston. I know you've got um, a mentorship program on next. So where can people find out more information about you? As we said, you're coming over to Australia. You needed to hop down to Sydney, mate. But uh, the Gold Coast, we've got to come up there and see you. But it's better weather yes. there. So tell everyone yes. where they can find you and what other projects you've got coming up. Absolutely, man. I have uh, quite a bit. But you can just go to PrestonSmiles.com and you'll find everything there or at Preston Smiles on Instagram. I also have a pretty epic podcast that I put like 10-minute podcast out. Um, the main thing is... Whether I ever see you or talk to you again, take something that you learned from this and put it into play because that's how the leaf becomes the forest floor and the forest floor becomes food for the worms and the ants and all of that stuff, right? You and I dropped a leaf here. And when 
when someone else takes it and they when someone else takes it and runs with it and does something with it 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 will support humanity beyond anything you and I could ever even truly conceive of so i just really grateful for all of you i'm grateful for you my man thank you for doing this thank you for showing up thank you for saying yes at 4 in the morning um you have more energy at 4 than most people do <laughs> at at 10 a.m. bro you are on fire uh and i'm really really grateful to meet you man and yourself but guys i will put all the links to where you can find preston make sure you hit him up make sure you're traveling to the gold coast if you're here in australia or if you're coming from interstate or international guys but the main thing with Imperfectly Perfect campaign is to remember to keep having the hard conversations because it is the hard conversations that save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.